0: Welcome to the laughspin.com podcast.
1: Hey guys, what's up? And welcome to another episode of the laughspin podcast. Episode 38 to be exact. My name is Dylan Godino. I'm the editor and founder of laughspin.com. Thank you so much for tuning in, for taking a listen to our little podcast, wherein usually myself and Mike give you all the comedy news. Not all the comedy news, but a lot of the comedy news in a nice, uh, in, a, in a reader's digest sort of form, except it's a listener's digest. Uh, Mike is not with us this week. I cannot tell you why. Um, suffice it to say, he is doing something incredibly secretive um, that I can't, uh, I can't divulge. But if you've seen Alias or uh, shows of, of, of that ilk, you kind of get my meaning. Uh, the point is, Mike isn't here and you're going to have to put up with me for the entire 30 minutes of this uh, broadcast, or however long this goes. Right off the top, I want to thank you once again for for tuning in. It means a lot. If you're listening on SoundCloud, hello. If you're listening on allthingscomedy.com, hello. Allthingscomedy.com, if you don't know, is the podcast network that we are a part of, as is many other Incredible podcast that you should check out. So go to allthingscomedy.com. You'll see uh, one of my favorite podcasts right now is Minivan Men with um Al Madrigal. Uh it, it's it's three fathers. Uh Maz Jobrani, uh Al Madrigal, and uh and another dude who I fucking forgot his name because I'm an idiot. But uh Minivan Men's a good one. Ari Shafir's on there, Skeptic Tank, Jackie Cation, uh her podcast, The Dork Forest, is on All Things Comedy. So Check them out when you can. I always love to hear from you guys. Both Mike and I love to hear from you guys. If you if you want to send an email, please do. I'm at Dylan at laughspin.com. If you don't know how to spell Dylan, you're probably over the age of uh, 60. But it's D Y L A N at laughspin.com. And I want to actually read uh, I got a I got an email from a William Weemer who writes, I stumbled across your podcast on SoundCloud.com this afternoon. You guys are awesome. I do listen to the full episodes, so keep them coming. I really like the show and wanted you to know you guys make work a hell of a lot better. That means so much to us. Thank you so much, William. So, yeah, if you listen and you want to write in, please please do so. If you have any suggestions as to how we can make the show better, if you want to say how much we're terrible, by all means go and do that if you want to say how much you like us please by all means go and do that what was i going to tell you guys oh i went to this week i went to uh one of my favorite comics tom papa he did a a live taping of his serious xm show uh it's called come to papa and he's been doing these live broadcasts now The regular show on Sirius XM, uh, Come to Papa, is basically Tom sitting down with very well-known comedians doing these kind of in-depth interviews. Very entertaining. But what he's been doing live and what he did this week live at the Village Underground, it's actually called the Comedy Cellar at the Village Underground because the Comedy Cellar bought out the Village Underground, which was kind of this very classic uh, jazz and music uh, club. I actually saw Lisa Loeb there back in the day. Uh, yes, I'm a Lisa Loeb fan. What of it? Anyway, so he did this. He he did this show, and you'll be able to if you're a SiriusXM subscriber. It's on Raw Dog, and it's going to be broadcast a bunch of times. So check out SiriusXM's website to see when it's airing. But uh, he's he did this kind of old school radio program. It was scripted. It had uh, a jazz trio doing uh, some some music uh Ted Alexandro did did stand up uh Keith Robinson did stand up Dave Hill uh who if you don't know Dave Hill follow him on Twitter at mr dave hill he's awesome he's a very funny comedian he is an author now he's a musician and basically what he did is he recited he's been tweeting a lot of these <laughs> very short erotic uh poems and they're they're just hilarious and what he did was he played live guitar he played uh music to accompany uh a few of these uh he did a handful of these erotic poems so definitely check out uh at mr dave hill and uh, check out his book and check out his videos he does a show on uh HuffPost now it's called stalin where he interviews comedians in a bathroom stall or in a bathroom uh it's very funny to say the least so i did that the other night that was uh excellent to see that tom papa basically hosted the night and there was uh jim norton you know played a character and uh william stevenson who's a a very well-known comedian in new york city played cupid tom papa interviewed cupid it's very it was very funny very old school yet still very edgy so that's what i did what did you guys do Right. Yeah, I can't hear you. I cannot hear you because this is uh we're recording. We're not live. Although we do do live shows every once in a while and be sure to uh follow LaughSpin at, at @laughspin.com on Twitter so you know when those live shows are going on. And also, you should be following laughspin.com just because throughout the day we're constantly tweeting links to our stories uh you know on laughspin.com. Uh, Uh, you know the latest videos the latest news we do interviews so you should definitely be following us at laughspin.com let's get into some news shall we comedy news lena dunham is on the cover of rolling stone this week if you pick up rolling stone you'll see her on the cover it's a slightly uh, slightly suggestive cover so in, in in keeping with that tone, we actually if you go to laughspin.com, we set up a poll uh because we're very curious as to what readers think of the cover. Do you like it, do you hate it, or are you indifferent? So go to laughspin.com, search Lena Dun- search Lena Dunham, and uh you can have some fun voting on the poll. But uh the the interview is in there. It's a very, very thorough, very in-depth feature story on Lena Dunham. And uh, she's kind of a divisive figure. A lot of people love her. A lot of people hate her. Uh, I don't know too many people who are sort of indifferent to her. She she certainly invokes strong feelings one way or the other. So check that interview out in uh, in Rolling Stone. Another thing that uh, kind of in the news, it's getting shared quite a bit on laughspin.com. Uh, we posted a comedian from Tucson, Arizona, uh, wrote a bit of uh, I don't want to call it an essay. It was it was basically a retelling of uh, a real life experience he went through. Basically a comedy heckler story. It starts at an open mic in Tucson, Arizona, and I'm going to read from some of it now. But you should definitely check it out on <laughs> on Lastman.com because it's oh and there and there's photos too, and you're gonna to want to watch you're gonna to want to see the photos. And you're going to know in a second, this comedian was on stage doing his thing in an open mic playing in front of like 15 people at midnight and some idiot starts heckling and he was in a group of like five people. So this is, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to read part of it now. This is not my writing. Um, this is a comedian from Tucson and I'm going to get his name in a second. I really should have, uh, prepared better for this. But uh, what can I tell you? Mike, Mike's not here. Mike's not here to hold my hand. And, you know, sometimes things uh, fall through the cracks. And I'm, I'm not perfect, you guys. I'm, I'm certainly not perfect. Uh, the name of the comedian is Graham Van Bock, And part of his, uh, his retelling goes like this. So the biggest of the five fucktards from Frowntown tries to get into the bar. The bouncer said no. So the kid comes back to the fence and decides that he's going to climb it and come after me. Now I'm going to stop myself here. Part of the setup is that this show is 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 going down outside. Outside. And the people who are, quote, in the club are watching on the in, in on one side of the fence where they're supposed to be. But there's other people. It's on a very busy bar street. Uh, so there's other people kind of walking by and like, you know peeking their heads into this wrought iron fence with very sharp spikes at the top of it you might already know where this story is going as i'm watching this happen the story continues of course telling him how fat he is and how he couldn't even make it with a ladder that is over the fence the bouncer decides the kid is going to hurt himself on the fence and he needs to get him down So the bouncer grabs hold of the kid's legs and starts to lift him straight up. The, quote, fat Aladdin just kind of flops himself forward to try and not get pulled from the fence. What he didn't expect, however, is that the bouncer was trying to bring him down at the same time. The spike on the top of the fence catches the inside of his bicep and pierces through his skin. Everyone basically says, oh, fuck. And the bouncer, presumably and understandably, unsure of how to proceed, let's go. Now, the spike slides along the bone into the forearm. So now this kid is just hanging there by his skin with a spike in his arm. He wasn't yelling. He wasn't moaning. By the looks of it, he didn't even feel pain. Just shock. At this point, the bouncer realizes what happened. And full of adrenaline, he rushes to lift this kid straight up, bringing him off the spike and back to the ground. Pressure is applied to his arm and a tourniquet fastened in an attempt to stop the bleeding. That is fucking gruesome. Can you even imagine that? Can you imagine that you're at a comedy show and all of a sudden this idiot is, is basically impales himself? on a fence and there's blood you got you got to go to the site because there's the pictures are, are gruesome so i relate that story not only because it's entertaining and it has to do with the comedy world but it's it shows a valuable lesson do not heckle comedians i don't care if it's an open mic i don't care if it's in a theater with a well seasoned stand up comedian don't do it that said let's get to some audio right I'm sick of hearing me talk. You've got to be. Bill Burr was on Conan uh, recently, and I understand that the Lance Armstrong situation is, is getting kind of old, uh, the, the whole, you know, d- deal about him finally admitting that he was doping and all that other shit, him going on Oprah, but I can't help it. I love Bill Burr, and I love his appearance on, on Conan the other day, where he gives his take on the whole Lance Armstrong thing. I love his take because he basically ends up defending him, and by the end, I sort of agree with him. So, um, let's take a listen.
0: I didn't think Lance owed anybody, uh, he didn't do anything to me. <laughs> For me. he raised $500 million for cancer research. That's what that lie did. Yeah, it yeah. yeah. And everybody had the bands on. Remember the bands? Yeah. Sure. Right? Yeah. Last, that, that blocked out the sun, yeah. right? You <laughs> know, it wasn't to no, block no, out No, no risk cancer? Yeah. <laughs> no, the whole thing was annoying, and I hated how Oprah was interviewing him and acting like she was dumbfounded that this guy would do this like she's been in show business for 35 years and she can't like wrap her head around some guy doing whatever it takes to get to the next level didn't she for the first five years have like midgets who wanted to bang their mailman's boyfriend and she she didn't want to do it she didn't want to do it but she didn't have the power to say no so she wrote it out and then when she could make a good decision, she did a show. But she stood on the heads of those little people for five years until she got... And then she's sitting there across from this guy like, like so how could you... You know exactly what he's doing. It's the stupidest thing I've ever oh. seen. Look, the guy Uh-oh. was a sociopath on a bicycle. All right? As far as... Like, I'm concerned We we got off easy Yeah If that guy was working For a corporation He probably would have been Pouring stuff on the water supply Doing God knows what Just (laughs) just keep him on the bike Just (laughs) let him Go up and down the hill He's not hurting anybody Not hurting anybody He isn't And the top 20 guys Like all tested positive For roids So our roided up guy Beat your roided up guy (laughs) Who run that filthy sport? Who is sitting there going like, "Oh, this is absolutely, this is ridiculous." He he doesn't represent cycling. Are they going to return all the money that they made off of that guy? Huh? They're going to turn in their yachts. They're not going to. They're not going to do it. (laughs) Everyone, turn in your
2: yachts.
1: (laughs) And there you have it. So that's part. That's that's about half of the interview. The other uh, part of the interview was on laughsman.com. You should uh, certainly check that out. Moving along, by the time you hear this, you will have seen, hopefully, if you have good taste in common, you will have seen uh, the first two episodes of Community's long-awaited fourth season on NBC. We have recaps on laughsman.com you could check out, but I'm, I'm, I'm really curious as to what you guys think by all means, email me Dylan at lapsman.com. Let me know what you think of, of the first two episodes of community, because I mean, the big deal is that obviously Dan Harmon, the showrunner and the, and the show's creator is gone. And I'm kind of interested to see if people who were huge Dan Harmon fans honestly see a difference between this season of community and the first three seasons of community where Dan Harmon was very hands on personally, I thought the two episodes of Community were excellent. I would never have, never have guessed that Dan Harmon was not involved in this season. Maybe upon second or third watches of these episodes, I could explicate them and pick them apart and 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 figure out why it is I know that Dan Harmon was not part of these episodes. But uh, as of right now, the uh, the first two episodes are great. The ratings have been up. Well, the ratings were up on the first episode uh i'm not sure about the second episode yet but we'll see what happens so uh by all means let me know dylan at laughspin.com or leave a comment on soundcloud if you're listening on soundcloud.com or on allthingscomedy.com you can uh leave a comment right on those pages in on on the on the soundcloud audio widget you could you could leave comments right on there at the at the point you want to say something you could just chime in with your own text comments. So take advantage of that. What else is going on? Oh, two quick stories about two kind of iconic comedy people Steve Martin and Alec Baldwin. Steve Martin, at the age of 67, is a father for the first time. Yep, it's true. He married uh, his longtime girlfriend, Ann Stringfield, a few years ago. She's 41, he's 67. That means, ladies and gentlemen, that by the time this kid graduates high school Steve Martin will be 85 now I'm all for uh non-traditional families but that just seems uh, I don't want to say creepy but it almost seems mean it's it it, it almost seems mean to be 85 or be 80 when the kid I mean uh, when the kid is uh you know 10 it, it it when they, it, it's just it's just crazy it's just crazy when the kid is ten he's gonna be sixty he's gonna be seventy seven can you imagine being seventy seven years old with a ten year old punk running around anyway I guess what I'm saying is congratulations Steve Martin congratulations uh, and on a similar note Alec Baldwin you know he's been married to a a a, a lady by the name of Hilaria which is hilarious seeing as she's married to a a comedy guy Uh, she's a 28 year old yoga instructor he is 54 years old so it's not as it's not as bad as as Steve Martin Uh, I'm gonna get now I'm gonna get comments about me being an ageist I don't really mean it I'm just I'm a parent of two of two kids myself I can't imagine, I'm, I'm 35, I can't imagine being any older than I am and dealing with a four-year-old and an 18-month-old, so hats off to these people. Uh, Alec Baldwin already has a, a kid, 17-year-old uh, Ireland, who, you know, you might remember her as the thoughtless little pig. Everybody seems to forget that Alec Baldwin is nuts. Incredibly talented, incredibly funny, but, but kind of fucking nuts. I love him yeah so when he's uh, so when she when this kid graduates high school how old is Alec Baldwin's gonna be like 72 not as bad as uh 85 uh but 72 is still pretty old so congratulations Alec Baldwin fuck me in my thoughts about being old parents your wives are are plenty young enough and when you guys kick the bucket they will be left to raise the child that seems fair to me moving on Jimmy Fallon Jimmy Fallon wins the Grammy. Who's happy about this? Who's pissed off about this? Tell me. Let me know. Jimmy Fallon won for his uh, album, Blow Your Pants Off. He was up against Kathy Griffin, Louis Black, Tenacious D, Margaret Cho, and Jim Gaffigan. I'm just happy Kathy Griffin didn't win. If you listen to this podcast or read lastone.com, fairly... Regularly, you'll know that I have a beef with the Academy, the Recording Academy, who seems to think it's mandatory to nominate Kathy Griffin every year, even though she doesn't put out a proper album, even though that the last few albums of hers were basically the edited, censored, raw audio from her televised Bravo specials that have been uploaded to iTunes and are only available on iTunes as one giant like 45-minute track. That does not an album make. I say, fuck that. Not cool. Anyway, she didn't win, so it doesn't matter. I love Jimmy Fallon. I think his show's great. Uh, Would I have liked to see, say, Louis Black or Jim Gaffigan win? Indeed. Indeed, I would have. Uh, Or Margaret Cho. I would have loved to see her win as well. Why you ask Dylan? Why? Well, I don't know. I just don't. Jimmy Fallon's album is a, it's just a collection of songs he did on his show. So not only are they just taken from the show, but they also, most of them feature special guests. So it's kind of not, it's not a Jimmy Fallon album. It's, a Jimmy Fallon slash Eddie Vedder slash Dave Matthews slash Paul McCartney slash Neil Young. Uh, and the list is slash Justin Timberlake. The the list goes on and on. So it's kind of like a Jimmy Fallon curated, like he curated a comedy album as well as, you know, performed. I'm not saying he didn't write a lot of, a lot of the music. Uh, I'm sure he did, But, you know, it's it was uh, it, it was this kind of it takes a village sort of situation, which is more and more common in the comedy world. When you think about it, there's so many shows today that rely so heavily on guest stars or, you know, somebody who does a three episode arc it's just and i'm not and i'm not i'm not judging i'm not saying it's bad i'm just saying I, I sometimes wish there was more of a a purist approach to television shows so so portlandia it's one of my favorite shows on it's 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 a great show i love it i love it but they're constantly and i don't want to say relying because i don't you know the the fact is they're they're bring they always bring in they always bring in guest people and i wonder you know if if it's necessary i you know it's it's just that like every week there's somebody new on i guess it just helps push the show and it helps uh, market the show there's so there's that anyway we did our own poll our own grammy poll on laughspin.com to see what our readers thought of uh, the grammys and and who should have won so we had it up there for a few days before the grammys were announced and uh, the winner of the laughspin readers poll wherein we asked who do you think should win the grammy came out jim gaffigan jim gaffigan got nearly 42 percent of the total vote so 42 percent you know the other nominees kathy griffin lewis black tenacious d and margaret Cho shared the uh the difference so congrats so congrats to jimmy fallon by all means run with it fallon More news. This is... uh, I'm very excited. Speaking of of IFC, I just brought up IFC in Portlandia. Speaking of IFC, I'm very excited about this. Uh, IFC has renewed Comedy Bang Bang for a second season, and not only have they renewed it for a second season, but they're doubling the number of episodes. So there was 10 episodes in the first season, and they've already started production on a brand new 20 episodes. So... I'm super excited about that. The first 10 new episodes are going to premiere this summer while the next 10 episodes are going to begin airing in the fall. Uh, and of course, the podcast from which the television show Spawn still airs on Earwolf.com, so you should be checking that out every week. And then there's, uh, you can watch, the, there's a live version now. There's a live video Comedy Bang Bang podcast that you can view on the Video Podcast Network. Which they air special editions of very popular podcasts, Comedy Bang Bang being one of them. You should check them out. I'm gonna stop talking for a second because uh, I, I wanted. You guys may or may not have. I mean, if if you're if you're a hardcore comedy person, I'm sure by now you have seen both both the first and second parts of Zach Elephanticus's special oscar edition between two ferns on funny or die we have both of them on laughsman.com you should definitely check them out Uh, it's the oscar edition of course because the oscars are coming up that happens february 24th basically zach alfanaka sits down with most of the major nominees bradley cooper sally field jessica chastain jennifer lawrence christoph waltz He's interviewing people that he should not even be in the sh- in the same room with, and that's what makes it hilarious. Uh, so, to give you a little bit of a taste, I wanted to play his uh, his interview segment with Jennifer Lawrence, who, of course, is nominated for her work in Silver Linings Silver lining? Silver Silver Linings Playbook. Yeah, I think that's what it's called uh, for a supporting actress. So, here it is. <laughs>
2: Welcome to another edition of Between Two Ferns. I'm your host, Zach Galifianakis. This is a Oscar edition of Between Two Ferns. A special Oscar insight to Oscar nominees and all of their Oscar buzzness around them. My first guest is Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer, thank you. Thank you. I got a beef to pick with uh, your co-star, Bradley Cooper, because um, he had told me that in real life that you were... uh, I wrote it down. I want to make sure I get it right. Ugly.
1: And wow. i got to be honest,
2: I don't know what he's talking about. Unless he was just joking with me. You're really good looking. So you uh, you played in a movie called The Hunger Games. Yeah, um,
3: isn't that your life story?
2: <laughs> you shouldn't say that. That's off-putting. It's you a, should be
3: off-putting. Because you're fat. You shouldn't eat any more pudding. Yeah,
2: yeah. When you take on a project like Silver Lining's Playbook, um, what draws you into that character? What, what, what spoke to you?
3: Well, I think Tiffany taught... I love that she taught me a lot about... about is this? Are you playing me off? Are you seriously playing me? Oh, my God. Oh, my God.
2: In the Oscar tradition. Good luck. It's
1: impossible not to love Jennifer Lawrence. I think she's awesome. And speaking of awesome, oh God, I'm so full of great segues today. Speaking of awesome, Ellie Kemper in pilot news, Ellie Kemper lands a lead, a lead role in an NBC pilot. We already know Mindy Kaling has has gone away from the office, and she has her own show on Fox. Uh and well, Rain Wilson wasn't as lucky. Rain Wilson was going to have his own show on NBC uh a spin-off of his uh, Dwight character on the office, but NBC decided to shit can that idea. But this is great. And the, it, but I'm I'm happy for Ellie Kemper. I think she's great on the office. And uh the fact that she landed a lead on this pilot I think is I think is great. Kemper will play Brenda Miller, the title character in Brenda forever quote, a comedy centered on stories from Brenda Miller's past and present, which are interwoven to give a unique portrait of how a chubby, awkward, but incredibly confident 13 year old grew up to be a 31 year old woman who still marches to the beat of her own drum. That description, according to the Hollywood reporter, I think it sounds uh, pretty interesting. Um, So hopefully that goes someplace. It may never see the light of day, but like I said on past episodes, there's there's so many, there's dozens of 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 pilots being made. Most of them will not see the light of day. I'm not going to tell you about all of them because it would be a waste of time. Uh, but you know when there's when there's people of note in pilots, I, I do like to tell you guys about them so you guys can root for them and 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 follow the progress online. And uh, oh, and another. Another pilot's uh, news, and this this is kind of interesting, Rupert Grint, who you no doubt know from the Harry Potter movies, all eight of them, he just landed a leading role in a CBS pilot called Super Clyde. This description, again, from The Hollywood Reporter, Grint will play the title role of Clyde, the well-meaning and sweet yet slightly neurotic guy who never feels like he really fits in. The avid comic book reader considers himself a borderline agoraphobic with mild to severe anxiety issues who wishes he were a superhero himself. When Clyde inherits $100,000 a month inheritance from his long-dead eccentric Uncle Bill... He decides that the cash will be his secret superpower and will use it only for good and reward the good hearted. I think it sounds promising. You know, a lot of people, they read, you know, pilot descriptions or new show descriptions and a lot of people's attitude is like, oh, well, that's real fucking original, you know, because it's about a family who's trying to, you know, just get through the travails of being a family or it's about a single guy looking for love or a single girl. Well, you know, this this premise is is very unique, especially for a um, primetime network television show. If given the right treatment, I, I think it could be really cool. It could be incredibly cheesy. So we will keep you posted on that. And finally, finally, before I let you go, I wanted to give you guys uh, a little bit more audio, but there's some news tied in, into this as well. So Inside Comedy is an interview show on Showtime, Uh, I forgot, I I, I should have told you guys that this was going to premiere last week, but I totally forgot. But I think I may have forgotten to tell you guys because I'm ever so slightly bitter with Showtime for canceling Paul Provenza's show, The Green Room with Paul Provenza. And that was a a very kind of loose, informal roundtable with comedians, both up and coming and iconic figures in comedy and it was a great show this show inside comedy is hosted by david steinberg who is a very well respected comedy guy he's directed seinfeld he's directed curb your enthusiasm he's he's written he's produced he's 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 a huge guy the thing he's not is a good interviewer he's i think he's terrible i think he's absolutely terrible That's not to say you shouldn't check out this show, because really, when it comes down to it, how great of an interviewer do you need to be if you're talking to already interesting people? You should go to Showtime, Showtime's website, to see all the re-airing days of of the first episode, which included Louis C.K. and Judd Apatow, and there's clips to those video interviews on lastman.com. Uh However, the new episode of Inside Comedy debuts on Showtime Monday, February 18th at 11pm Eastern. And this one premieres... Oh no, I fucked up before. It's Louis C.K. And Bob, Newer, new, and Bob Newhart was on the first one. Judd Apatow and Tina Fey is on the new one that premieres Monday, February 18th at 11pm on Showtime. So, to give you a little taste of the show, I wanted to play some audio from the Tina Fey interview and in this clip she kind of talks about her work on 30 Rock and more specifically how her oldest daughter grew up on set so here it is so you
0: were the first woman who was a head writer on yes
3: right but I will also say that there really had only been about three head writers it wasn't like right you know and were the hours brutal when you're writing for, for a live show like that I used to think so until I started writing for a single camera show, That's which right. is the stupidest yes. endeavor any human being can <laughs> undertake. Right. Um,
0: well, it, well, tell, tell, me some, tell me what the differences are, in terms of just the writing the shows themselves.
3: Well, uh, at SNL, you would work for two or three weeks, and you'd have a real hiatus week. But here, it's because we're on a, sort of a film schedule to shoot here at 30 Rock. Whenever we do have, every five or six week, we have, weeks, we have a shooting hiatus, we are still writing um, to try to stay ahead of the 22 scripts that we need. Oh,
0: 22 scripts.
3: 22 That's is the hardest thing to do. Exactly, yeah. eight too many.
0: Yes, so. yes. <laughs> you know, uh,
3: nine I've, too many.
0: Right. And your oldest daughter grew up with the show. Mm-hmm. And so does she come here?
3: She does come here. She likes. I like her to come here, but I also uh, feel really aware that a, a lot of people here have kids, and so I don't want her, you know to be. Slowing, like having them get home later because I held up the set because my little kid was here. (laughs) She's not a little kid, but that might be how she would be perceived if I was like (laughs) like holding the the set for her to write on my face with crayons. (laughs) But yeah, she likes to come here. She, uh, she seems overtly disappointed in me that I'm not the director. She keeps saying, "Like, why are you not the director?" I like, she, well, I, I'm she not. Knows, she
0: knows that what the director does. Because
3: Don Scardino, our house director, right. he lets her yell, uh, action, "Action and cut." Action.
0: And so oh, that's she good. She likes that. And yeah. She
3: thinks I'm a kind of a failure because I'm <laughs> not the director.
0: Couldn't see you doing anything yeah. except, you know, just talking to people mm-hmm. all the time.
1: Yeah. Tina Fey, formerly, oh my gosh, now we have to say formerly of Thirty Rock. Uh, that was part of her interview on Inside Comedy uh, hosted by David Steinberg. That is on uh, Showtime, Monday, February 18th. And that's going to do it. That is totally going to do it for us. I, I, I can't thank you guys enough for listening. Please tell your friends if uh, your friends are into comedy. If you think that they would be interested in, in knowing more about comedy, please, by all means, tell them. About the Laughspin podcast, tell them that they could get us on SoundCloud.com, on Stitcher.com, on iTunes, on AllThingsComedy.com. We are just all over the place. If you need, if you want to get in touch with me, by all means, Dylan at Laughspin.com, D-Y-L-A-N, Dylan at Laughspin.com. You should be following us on Twitter at Laughspin.com, or on Tumblr, we're on Facebook, we're even on Pinterest. We have nearly three million followers on Pinterest don't ask me why uh it's that's that's just the deal so that's it on behalf of mike who couldn't be here because he's on a secret spy mission on behalf of myself thank you so much for tuning in we will see you next week see ya